Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Blythe Lipman, and we are talking today about grandparents stepping in as caregivers and parents and and helping out with all sorts of things as parents and kids try to navigate this new normal. And one of the things that you do at the beginning of your show, Blythe, and Blythe is a radio host and she has a lot of great episodes, is she does some information about recalls. Because I think it's really hard when you're not actively parenting small children that you kind of get out of the loop of what's being recalled and what, you know, is not available anymore. And that's one of the things that is really helpful uh, on Blythe's show. She does talk about some of these things. But today we're here to talk about grandparents as caregivers. And Blythe, you are a caregiver grandparent, and I love that about you. And I know you have all sorts of great information for us today. Thank you. I love doing that. And I love doing the current events like you do. Last month, last week, I talked about the new words that they're putting in the dictionary. Oh, which is pretty funny. There's 150 new words that they're putting into the dictionary. Some I never heard of. Isn't that amazing that there would be that many? I mean, really, our our lingo, our our, uh, culture has changed our language. And do we, you know, do we want to introduce our children to some of these words? Like there was a word called a youper that are people from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, where the worst one was Fregan, F-R-E-E-G-A-N. It's reclaiming and eating food that's already been discarded, like dumpster diving. Ouch. (laughs) I I guess I don't even know where to go with that one. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, not words we want to teach our young children. Let's teach them the please and thank yous and manners like we should. Or or let's teach them how to start a garden so that they don't have to dumpster dive. (laughs) (laughs) Our youth group at our church does a youth uh, garden every year. And I, I, a couple of our schools around here do the same thing. I think that it's wonderful for kids to have a, um, an understanding of somewhat of, uh, I don't know, um, self-sustaining manner, I guess you could say. I I think that's great. You know, Robin, I think it's wonderful. And I'll tell you, I'll add a little something to this. Even if you send your child to a preschool and they don't happen to do a garden or butterflies or any of that, it's so easy. If you just go, I know our grocery stores and Trader Joe's here in Arizona have basil plants that are so easy to grow. And if you teach your child how to water it and the plants already planted, you can repot it and let them taste it. And then you can teach them about cooking too. It's not, you don't have to have a big plot of land. That's true. It's about being self-sustaining when it comes to our food. Even if it's a, a, a tomato plant on a porch, have you, I don't know, I haven't seen a commercial for them lately, but there was this upside, they called it a topsy-turvy, and it was this thing you hung upside down off of a porch or something, or or uh, your roof line, and the plant actually hung upside down, and it grew upside down, and I tried it, and it worked. Did it work? <laughs> yes. I didn't see it eat this year either. I thought maybe it bombed. 
it might have bombed, but I didn't put one out this year, but I have used it. You can't put the great big beef eater tomatoes in it, but you can put squash, you can put beans, anything that the fruit is not necessarily um, really heavy. It works. And um, I thought it was the coolest thing, especially if someone lives in the city, you could definitely still have a little crop and it's not going to yield, you know, it's probably not going to feed a family of eight all week, all summer long. But, you know, just for, a, for little ones to have an appreciation of growing some of their own food, that's just one more instance that you really don't need a huge area. Or if you are in the city, there are ways around it. And uh, I, I think it's really beneficial for kids to at least have some whether they go and see a chicken farm and understand where eggs come from or be able to make you could take um milk and and make cheese out of it through cheesecloth there's a lot of ways to to have kids have an understanding of where things come from other than the grocery store it's so important it's, mm. it's so important because you know what they don't they think it comes in the carton it's so funny and it doesn't take long to explain no, no. Then you don't have the fussy eaters, I don't think. You know, I, I think to a certain degree, if a child has some uh, investment in what they're eating, they have a different appreciation and they, they tend to be a little more willing to try. You're always going to have a kid that's going to say, you know, I really don't like tomatoes, but it was fun to to do them. <laughs> To, to grow them, but um, maybe then we start learning how to make sauce and how to make uh, pickles or how to make something else, I guess. Pizza. What there child doesn't like pizza? <laughs> Little cheese. You have the milk and the cheese. and See, that's it. You make you make something out of it. They may not like it one way, but we've got to have them try other things. And I think that's really, my son was one who was willing to try anything. He came back from a summer vacation <laughs> with some friends, and we went out to eat not long after. He says, Mom, I think I'll have calamari. And I want to say he was like six years old. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he had had calamari with the with his friends, and he liked it. <laughs> Who knows? That's where we get our great chefs. Did you happen to see that new movie with Helen Mirren, The Hundred Yard Journey? I haven't seen it. No, it's wonderful, and it's about a chef, and it's about the flavors and the spices and the. I mean, you never know. That's right. I actually just watched Julie Julie Julia. I think is the name of it. It's, oh, I love that. It was out not too long, I, I don't know how many years ago, but it was on TV yesterday, and I was riveted to it. Even though I knew the whole story, I, um, it was one of those those great movies that I just really loved, and what a wonderful um, person Julia Child was anyway. Blythe, we've got a break coming up. We're going to talk about getting kids through some difficult times, some maybe some difficult tantrums or difficult toddlers we've all gone through them we've all had them and how we deal with them is is the key to not having them happen more <laughs> um you have some fascinating people on your show you've had pediatricians you've had health people um have you have you had a lot of feedback from some of your listeners on some of the shows that you've had you know, the feedback I get is the same. People love listening to all the different guests because, mm -hmm. you know, one size doesn't fit all and one guest may help one parent. And some of them are really funny and 
<clears throat> excuse me. I think the whole thing is just lots of fun. And I get great positive feedback because I've had over 46,000 people listen to the podcast lately. Yay! Congratulations. That is phenomenal. I think one of the things that is wonderful about this medium is that we are not necessarily just live. I mean, it used to be you'd tune into uh, 2020 or you'd turn into whatever on TV or a radio show like on uh, PBS or your uh, PBS radio shows. Um, and that would be it. It would be done. It would be gone. Uh, and if you didn't catch it, it would be too bad. And this way, we have the opportunity to have these all up on iTunes or on our show pages. And people can listen to these or say, oh, I love that segment about blah, 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 and go off and share it. I think it's great. Hey, Robin and Blythe, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because now is a really good time to thank our sponsor. And, you know, as we're talking about, you know, all sorts of great different things that we can do and, you know, jump in and record things, StoryWorth is just the perfect product to support today's show. And I really want you guys to check out StoryWorth because with StoryWorth, you get to give those you love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and you get to preserve their memories and stories for years to come. So as I talk about the product, I want you to go to storyworth.com slash military mom and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash military mom to save $10 on your first purchase. Now, you guys know holiday season is almost upon us, and I want to give my friends and family things that make them feel special and unique, and it's just like the relationships we share, and that's why I'm giving everyone I care about StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come, and it's a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter most. And each week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. And each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought to ask your friend or family member, like, hey, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or, you know what, if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? And that is something that is super cool and gets some really great answers that no one would ever in a million years think to ask uh, of your friends and family. And then after one year, StoryWorth compiles all your loved ones' stories. That includes photos into this beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. And this was something that I did with my mother for my children. And it's great because now after my mother has passed on, we still have those stories. We still have those interesting things. And we have this keepsake that's from her heart to my heart and to my children's heart. And reading the weekly stories can help you connect with your loved ones, no matter how near or far apart you are. And this is just such a great gift for the military family because we're so spread out all over. And it's just one of the greatest digital products that are available. And you get this hard copy book, you know, when you're you're done. It's an actual tangible physical book. It's beautiful. It's a keepsake book. So, you know, what's not to love? So with StoryWorth, I'm giving those I love most, this thoughtful personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com slash military mom and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash military mom to save $10 on your first purchase. Now, Robin and I are talking today with Blythe Lipman, and we're talking about the challenges faced by grandparents 
parents when you're caring for children. And this happens all the time in the military with deployments. And with this digital service, we get to preserve everything. And it was just like what Robin was talking about. Like when we listen to these podcasts or listen to these recordings, you know, we can get, we can go back and listen and find the information, especially, you know, if we didn't write it down. I think you're so right, because so many times I can remember in the past saying, what was that phone number? Darn, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. Or you're dri- driving and driving. you can't write it down. And <laughs> So that's so. the plus too, Robin, because you know what? People can drive and they can exercise or they can take their kids for a walk and pull up our shows on that's all it. the devices. Yeah, yeah. And we do have a great lineup on Toganet. So a little plug to have everybody check out the all of the shows on Toganet. Blythe, we have anybody who's been a mom, or maybe even a caretaker, you might not have been a mom, but if you've cared for children, you've had those days where the kid, is, and I think everybody who hasn't gone back to school yet is probably having those days right now, where the little one is just miserable, cranky, throwing things, biting, all of those kinds of things. And we need to, we're tired. It, how do, how does a tired mother who is exasperated and just trying to get through the day deal with all those difficult behavioral things? You know, there's not one answer. If you're in the grocery store and your little one throws a temper tantrum, don't point to them and go, whose kid is that? <laughs> and walk and away. Walk away. <laughs> Well, you could, but they'll come running after you. (laughs) You know, maybe we're lucky in Arizona because our schools have started, but the toddlers, they get really cranky Mm -hmm. and they're bored. And I have a chapter in Help My Baby, My Toddler and My Baby Came Without Instruction Mm -hmm. with Call Mommy on Board with all kinds of activities. And like we were talking about cooking in the first segment. You know, it doesn't take much to do something with your toddler. But I have to say, you have to, a couple tips. First of all, make sure if your toddler is throwing a tantrum the same time every day, sometimes teachers will find this in preschools, Mm. make sure it's not a time when they're hungry and they need a snack or maybe they didn't get enough sleep or maybe the toddlers are, are, um, having those molars come in, they really hurt. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times if you have a toddler that doesn't use their words and they're not very verbal, they get frustrated. I remember that stage. And it was interesting because that was so with my second child because she was nonverbal for about two years. (laughs) And it was our first child who would interpret. And he he would come up to us and say, Emily wants water or Emily wants Cheerios. It it would be kind of funny, but it wasn't giving Emily the chance to speak up and become verbal so that if she wasn't with her brother, um, yeah, she would get pretty frustrated. Well, you know, you have to have a lot of things in your arsenal ahead of time. My motto is be prepared. And I'm sure that's mm-hmm. great in military too. be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And even with your little ones, have some activities that they don't do all the time. Mm-hmm. If you're home and you're going to be home and you have a bored toddler, you know, it's August and the weather is still warm. Put your toddler in his or her bathing suit. Give them a spray bottle and just a paintbrush. And a little cup of water. Don't use a bucket because, unfortunately, there's been accidents where kids have fallen headfirst into buckets of water. Give them either a small plastic Tupperware or a cup, put water in it. Let them go outside and paint the sidewalk, paint the house. I mean, it doesn't, talking about a little water, and they get wet, and they're out there in 
in summer, that's a lot of fun. Also, if you're in an area where you don't want to do that outside, toddlers love to help. Give mm. them a spray bottle with just a little water and give them a rag or give them some paper towels. They love to clean and help. Yes, they do. And you, know, you might have to go over it again, but you know what? The, that's not the point. The point is them being busy and them being helpful. And you're right. They just And they're mimicking mom or dad. They're mimicking. And how better way, I mean, think about that's how they learn is, is mimicking. Exactly. And if also if they're tired, I mean, if you're home and they're really cranky and tired, but they don't nap, mm-hmm. it's okay to give them a couple books. And it's not a timeout. You said mm-hmm. it's, it's a timeout for you. But mm, yeah. give, save, you know what? Save a couple books that they don't always see and let them look at it or a special toy. You should always be rotating your toys every month because old is new to the toddler. Bring it, bringing out something that they played with a month ago. You know, they don't exactly know it's been a month until they get older and they can tell the time. Yeah. And bringing out an older toy, let's talk. I want to talk a little bit about preschool, if I could, for a minute. Sure. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, lots of toddlers will bite. And they bite for a number of reasons. They're getting molars. They're hungry. They're tired. They're stressed. They're curious. They're frustrated. They just want mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. And I've had teachers come to me and say, I don't know what to do. Because, first of all, in preschool, if your toddler bites another toddler, at least the law here is you cannot tell the parent who the other kid was. Oh. You don't want to cause any fights. Yeah. And most of the time they don't break the skin. But you sure. know what? If they do, the teacher should know to put ice in. You usually have to write an ouch report. But if you have a child in preschool and the teacher comes to you and says, I don't know what to do, a couple of things you need to ask her. First of all, see if some new things have happened in your toddler's life. Did you just move? Did you mm-hmm. just transition them to a to a big boy or girl crib, uh, bed from a crib? Mm. Um, you know, has it been hours? Do, is, do they bite when they need a snack? Yeah. And if they need a snack, you know, you want to feed them or give them something they can bite on, a little, maybe a little piece of apple or a piece of pear. But make sure that they're safe foods. We just talked about choking on my show a couple weeks ago. You know, you have to know what the safe foods are, too. And sure. Make sure they're small enough. Or even maybe they need to just release some energy and you can have a beanbag toss or it's time to go outside. You can let them play with a, a rubber ball. Mm. <clears throat> but... Not every child bites. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it's another child who is biting that they're learning the bad behavior from somebody else. And that's that's kind of a difficult thing to face, too. It's tough. But, you know, also as a parent, don't overreact. Because if you overreact, then it's all over with because your toddler will see you're upset and they don't know if they're bad. Also, if you have a habitual biter, make a sticker chart. I love sticker charts for so many things. Make a mm-hmm. sticker chart, and every day they don't bite, let them pick a sticker. Let them color on the sticker chart, and then reward them with something not gigantic. Do not go buy a $25 toy at, at Babies or Us or Toys or Us. Mm-hmm. You know, something small, but make it a positive reinforcement after you figure out why they're biting. Yeah, yeah. And it's it is difficult because sometimes isolating a reason it, it's there are so many underlying things that we as adults are trying to be so logical and it could be something very simple like Nothing. 
maybe they just really don't like having to sit in a chair or, you know, it's, and, and you're right. That's that frustration that they just can't verbalize what they're, what they're upset about. Don't um, talk to them. You know, don't try to have a whole conversation about why biting's bad because they're going to yeah. hear three words. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we've got another break coming up, Blythe. Uh, on the other side, I want to talk a little bit more about preschool and maybe even just daycare. There's um, so many times when um, moms are going to have to get their kids back into preschool or they're going to need to go back to work themselves and find childcare. Uh, that's always so difficult. I sure do remember when I had to, uh, I was home with my kids when they were very little and then had to find childcare. And it was heart-wrenching for me because I needed to find the right solution and it was not easy. And um, you certainly don't want to look at cost as your only method of choice. But you do have to stay within what your budget can afford. And sometimes that's when grandparents can be a great help because perhaps they won't um, certainly charge the same as what a daycare would charge but um, there's certainly an opportunity for grandparents to have that role to be able to help the family help uh, and, and my goodness give the grandparents an opportunity to be in that child's life what a gift if if someone's able to do that one of the things that has been exciting in your life is welcoming your new grandchild to your family and um please explain and share with me there has to be such uh joy when this is um this happens in your family because you're now able to spend time with your uh, grandchild in a way that you never could when you had children. I, I think we all go through this. You, you wor- you're working, you're a new parent, you are uh, establishing a family, establishing a career, uh, making ends meet in many ways in shape and form. So when you, while you're joyful that your daughter or son has just begun their family, this gives you an opportunity to reintroduce uh, yourself to the beginnings of life, to, to share the joy that you never had time or maybe um, had time to just sit back in, in awe of this tiny little person that has just come into your lives. It's not describable. I mean, I, you know, I love babies, toddlers, kids, everything. Mm -hmm. And I can't even tell you, I was just, and I'm still on cloud nine being a grandma. There's nothing better than being a grandma to me. I mean, there's a lot of things that are good, but this is, this tops them. It does. I was listening to your conversation with Sandra and knowing what an impact a grandparent does have on children. I love when um, families are able to have multi-generational opportunities, whether it be live-in, whether it just means uh, daycare during the day, because for the most part, um, the, the parents are probably working and need the help. And this is where grandparents can really uh, step 
in and do give a hand to the household. Um, and most of us do still have the energy. You know, I'm thinking of my grandmother when I was young, and she was quite elderly. And I only had one because my other grandmother was very elderly and wasn't able to um, be a part of my family. Having somebody that is as vital as you, look at how young you are and having grandchildren. Um, it's, it's wonderful to have still that opportunity to be doing the traveling, to be doing the visiting, the play dates, the games, the, all of that kind of thing. Well, thank you. I'm not that young. But <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but I, I do have to say something that I'm thinking about as you're speaking. You know, being a grandparent sometimes is really tough because we do, you know, have done that, been there, done that. We know, you know, what may happen, what may not happen. And I remember when my daughter first got pregnant, I said to one of my friends that had a granddaughter, I said, what's your best advice? And she said to me, zip it. Mm. She goes, before you say anything, count at least three, if not six, and look at what's going to come out of your mouth. And you know what? Being a parent, we all had to learn, too. And I can remember, it was interesting, because I can remember my my, uh, ex-husband's mom, Walking with me when I first had Lindsay, Lindsay's my oldest, and we were going to take her for a walk. And I don't know, Robin, it was, it was like in the seventies or something. And she said to me, why don't you have a hat on her? And I don't know what I said. And then Lindsay sneezed and she said, why did she sneeze? I'll never forget this. And I was so taken back and I was so to her. I looked at her and I went, well, don't you sneeze? And I look back and think, why why did I act like that? I should have said, you know, she's fine. And, but I didn't know I was a mother. I didn't want her telling me what to do. Don't put a hat on, you know, maybe she, and she probably needed a hat because it was sunny. (laughs) I was just thinking that that was what I wanted to talk to you about is it is very difficult because yes, we are the authoritarian type uh, figure in the family at this point in time. So for us to not tell our children how to do this job <laughs> is really <Yes>. difficult. <laughs> but I think, um, having that open communication, and of course, God gives us nine months for a good reason. Um, there's a lot of preparation and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, uh, posturing probably to, to do. But I think if there is, um, anything to, be said is that being a grandparent, you certainly want to help and teach your daughter. Just as Sandra was saying how her grand, her father taught Zach that it is cold outside. You do need the coat, but the only way for him to, to figure that out was to go out and take out the trash, learn that it was cold and say, yes, I really do want my coat. I think that communication is important during, say, your daughter's or your son's pregnancy because um, you want to put it out in the open. What role do you want me to have? Not what role do I want to have in your in your child, in my grandchild's life, but what role do you want me to take? How can I help you raise your child or, or support you while you raise your child, I guess is the better way to put it. The support. That's the question, the support, because I'll tell you yeah. what, they don't know. I mean, yeah. I can tell you from experience, they see a grandparent a certain way. And once that baby is there, 
you know what? Um, it's different. It's different what you want. This is so funny. I have my phone next to me, and Siri is writing down everything I say. Thank goodness I have the voice off because it's picking up my talking. <laughs> Sorry. It was just too funny not to tell you. But, you know, it, it's really even the way, like, I talk to Alex, you know, he's, he's using his words. He's putting some words together now. And I will watch Lindsay and her say to him, use your words, which he doesn't really understand so much. But I'll see her do things that I did with her. And you really do have to step back as a grandparent. And, and if you get that look from one of your kids, you know that kind of support isn't needed. Also, I mean, my my uh, daughter and son-in-law are both in their 30s, and they both work full-time, and they're both really busy, but they spend so much time with Alex, and they, you know, he's, I'll brag, he's going to be two in May, and he can count to nine, and he's in a wonderful preschool, but the thing is, you can't take it away. Like when your kids show you something like that, like, guess what? Alex can talk, can count mm-hmm. to nine. Don't start counting with them. Let them show you. You got to back off and let them show you what yeah. what their children can do. Because, you know what? In as much as you're so proud to and you want to do it, you got to just like zip it. That's what Sharon told me. Zip it. Back off a little bit. Sometimes. What's your advice as far as um, when grandparents do have, uh, say, uh, babysitting? Uh, positions with their grandchildren. Do you have um, like permission slips like you would with anybody else as far as what if you do have to take them to the doctor? What if you do need to give them um, some Tylenol or, or something because they've got the sniffles? How do you handle that kind of thing when it actually really would boil down to almost a legal issue? You know what? It is so important. It really is. And I can tell you this because I took care of Alex overnight when he was a little baby. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that my, first of all, the pediatricians knew my name, knew my number, that they had permission to talk to me. Yeah. I ended up taking Alex to the doctor at 10 o'clock at night because he started, I thought he was wheezing and he had a virus and he had a 103 fever and mm-hmm. I was freaking out. And had I just walked in, they wouldn't have taken care of me. The other thing is that I always tell tell parents, if your grandparent is going to watch the baby, it's really smart to write things down. Have it in writing because as grandparents, you know what, there's so many different medications today. Sure. You know, Tylenol, um, Advil. We never gave our kids Advil or Motrin. Write Mm -hmm. down, make sure it's written down and the dosage and make sure you ask your children if the baby gets a fever or if you think they're sick, how do you want me to handle it? Do you want me to call you first? Do you want me to make an appointment with the pediatrician? Do you want me to automatically give them some Tylenol? You know, ask them. And sometimes don't be embarrassed as a grandparent to say, would you write that down? You know what? I'm not here all the time. And I would really help write it down, tape it to the inside of a cabinet and, you know, periodically check. Also, the other thing is if you are going to babysit for your grandchildren and there's nothing better, and if you're going to commit to every Saturday night or every Friday night before as a grandparent, before you commit, and I know we're so excited and we want to be there every second, 
take a step back for a minute and think about what you really can do. Because I can tell you there's nothing worse than committing and then mm-hmm. saying to your children, you know what, I didn't think about this. I really can't do it this week because they look so forward to the time out without the baby, without the toddler, without the sure. older child. So before you make a a commitment that's etched in stone every Friday, you know you're not going to be able to do it every Friday or you know yeah. you're not going to be able to do it every week. Think about what may work. And if you do have to cancel, you know, give some notice because that's a tough that's a tough thing on both parts. You know, you always want to be there and especially you're the parent before you're the grandparent and you never want to right. disappoint your kids. Well, of course, of course. Plus, I think uh, trying it out maybe for uh, a little bit, trying to decide whether I do have the stamina. I mean, if you said every Friday because your your child, your the parent is going back to work, and this is a job obligation, you're committing to this. And what if all of a sudden you're realizing, I don't know if I can do this for ten hours every Friday, or maybe it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you think you're going to be ambitious enough to say, oh, sure, I'll take three three days, you know, out of the week. Well, that would be wonderful as far as your daughter's daycare is concerned, but your grandchild is going to just tire you to bits, and you yeah. may not be able to do it. You know what? And try one. Try one and then say, maybe I'll try two. Or if you're going to have... You know, if you're going to have them overnight, make sure you have them overnight when you really do have the energy and you don't have something to do at 2 o'clock. Or, you know what, you may have to do something else. Make make sure that that overnight visit, because as grandparents, you really don't, as you say, Robin, realize how tired you get. It's a little different. It's a little different. Yes, it is a little bit different. Um, it. I think you really do have to realize what your limitations are. And the other thing I was talking, I know that you've mentioned before, especially when um, uh, I'm thinking about uh, something from your book, when you have the children come and visit you, you've got to remember to baby-proof that house all over again because yes. you may have had it once upon a time, but you have your medications out. You have your... Um, you're, maybe it's a heating pad. Uh, maybe it's just uh, the Metamucil. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, it, it could be anything that for you um, is no problem at all. But or even having the um, uh, caps on the on the aspirin um, that aren't, um, you know, the the baby proof ones. Or the vitamins. The vitamins are all different colors, especially now. A lot of us take chewy vitamins because it's really fun and makes us feel like a kid. And they look like gummy bears. They do. They look like candy. So um, it's definitely something that takes that few minutes of time. And then, especially if this is going to work into uh, a regular routine, you're certainly going to want to um, make sure that you have all of that tucked away. Blythe, you have some wonderful books. First of all, we should um, definitely let everybody know that they can find Help My Baby Came Without Instructions or Help My Toddler Came Without Instructions. And what a wonderful resource for a grandparent because, you know, things may have uh, slipped your mind. You thought, oh, yeah, I used to take care of that long ago. And then all of a sudden you're with this um, 
projectile vomiting child and you just yes. don't quite know what to do. <laughs> and I think it's wonderful to have a book like yours because it's real easy to find a topic, go in, um, you know, look up whatever it is that you're looking for. Green, <laughs> green peas usually means green on the other end and those kinds of things. But, um, your books are, are wonderful for that. And I also Thank want you. to make sure everybody knows my best parenting advice dot com uh, is your website and um, we want to have everybody join your show and um, also I have Facebook pages and I've been doing lots of live videos mm. to give my tips but I just want to tell you and help my toddler came without instructions my chapter is called I promise we won't meddle how to be the best grandparents in the world and I have tons of tips about what not to do as a grandparent how to be a long-distance grandparent mm. What is something that you talk about with long-distance grandparenting? I know um, my son is now no longer uh, nearby. Your children, uh, well, your son, is uh, is your son still local? He's here, yeah. My son yeah. is local, yeah. For a while, he wasn't though, and it, it, it we miss our children when they're away, and we know that they're doing wonderful things. But then, when all of a sudden there's grandchildren, um, that's that's a it must be really difficult uh, to have a, an infant that you can't sit and snuggle. But yet, what are some of the things you um, you talk about in your book? You know, we are so lucky in many ways with technology. FaceTime is great. I was away for two months, and my daughter would FaceTime me at least, you know, every other day. And, and I could see Alex. And one of the tips in my book is if you FaceTime with one of your grandchildren, if they just look at you and they don't talk, if they're older, you know what? Don't get upset. Sometimes it's it's tough for the little ones to get that you're there, but you're not there. Yeah. And I want to share this because I had a grandma tell me this once, and this is the most wonderful thing. She had an older grandchild. Her granddaughter was like four or five, and they had a day every Saturday morning to have a tea party, and they would FaceTime. Grandma would have the tea party at her house, and her granddaughter would be having the tea party, and they would drink together, and they would sing songs, and it was through technology, and they had that date, so they knew that they were going to visit every, you know, every Saturday morning. It was tea party. Oh, and how wonderful because there are so many, um, so many things in our lives these days. We, we have, um, date, what used to be date time, date planners and, and whatnot. Now, uh, everything's on your phone, everything's remote. And I think little ones just, um, take technology for granted. Uh, we still need to remember that that technology is, is there for good, for good use, not just for games, but for good use. And, and it's, it really is important for us to stay in touch just to hear the voice, just to hear them, to hear your voice. And then I think when they do see you, then it's not, you always have those toddlers that run behind their parents' legs because they're afraid of this new person. Right. Maybe that does help a little bit that, oh, this is the same voice. I recognize that voice. This is okay. Also, you know what? Um, if you have a younger grandchild, pick a song and 
when you when you FaceTime with them, if you're long distance, stick to one song. Pick one song. It may be Bad Bad Black Sheep. It may be, you know, Old MacDonald. And sing the one song with them. And they will start to associate. This mm. is Grandma. Mm -hmm. I think um, the other thing that I did want to bring up, uh, Blythe, was there are many people who have had careers uh, through their 30s and maybe are now in their early 40s or late 30s, early 40s and are starting to have children. And so when you get to be about 50, 55, 58, you still have children yourself in the house. How, um, how different is that? Do you think that there are, uh, differences as far as pacing yourself to keep up with the, the soccer team and the Girl Scout meetings and all of that uh, is it's still doable, isn't it? Oh, of course it's doable. But, you know, the biggest thing with being a grandparent, you don't have to go to every game. If you can't get to every game or you can't get to every single thing, pick and choose what's important. If they're having, you know, a, a Christmas play or the big pick, the big things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's more exciting when you don't go to every single one of them because your grandchild will go, are they coming? Are they coming? You know, mm -hmm. so choose what you can do, because when you're at one of these events, make sure you're totally there. You know, don't be looking at your phone or don't think I can only stay here 10 minutes. Or whatever it is, that's my that's my advice anyway. Oh wow, that's a good one because it's true. We'll say, oh, you know what? Uh, I'll just pop in for fifteen minutes, catch catch them on stage or catch them doing whatever, and then uh, I have another meeting to go to, or whatever. And it, you're right, you do have to be there because little ones don't understand sharing time. They feel if you're there, you're there for them. No, they do. They they know when you're not there. And sometimes they'll even say it. It's interesting. It's reminding me of this terrible commercial that's on TV about this dad that smokes. And they show him, and, and he misses his son son's winning basketball shot. And it's, I don't know, it's a commercial for a patch or something, Nicoderm or whatever they do to not smoke. But, you know, that's what it makes me think of. Because if you're not there, he was outside smoking a cigarette. So, you know what, if you're not there... They know you're not there, and especially after the fact that they're a little older, they'll come and say, Grandma, did you see that? And if you didn't see it, they know if you're making it up. You yeah. can't fool those grandchildren. They're pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. How many things have you saved over the years that you wanted to give to a grandchild? That's an interesting question. You know, I have saved, because I worked in preschools for so long, I have three boxes of things in my garage. Mm -hmm. Some of it is arts and crafts stuff from my children and my preschools. I have, I saved all my children's books. And yeah. it's so much fun because as Alex gets older, I am pulling out the age-appropriate books. And I told my daughter, don't buy books. Yeah. You know, and she actually said to me, do you have a good night mood? And I said, yeah, don't you remember when you read it? You know, I can still... <laughs> I don't even have to read it. I still remember the words. Yeah. Or there was this other book that I can't wait to read to Alex, and it was, you'll probably know what it is. It was Tiki Tiki Tembo, No Sorembo. Oh, yes. Yes. And I know those words, but I can't remember the name of the book, and I remember reading them over and over again to my son, and we would laugh, and I can't wait to do that. 
Oh, <laughs> I think story time is so important. And I think having that time with grandma or grandpa is so important. Um, and like you, like you and Sandra were saying earlier in the show, it's that that time just to sit on your lap and read a book or sing a song or do a little art project. That means that the the parent can then just walk away for a few minutes and just have a moment of sanity. And I have a few things that I had saved. Uh, I, there's a chair that was mine when I was little, a little wooden chair that obviously is you know, close to a hundred years old now because it's just that old. And, um, I have things that was, that were my mother's that she kept from her childhood. And now Oddly enough, my daughter is wanting them so badly because that was something from the early 1900s that they totally, uh, you, you couldn't replace a, a cricket chair, for example. And I'm sitting here looking at the cricket chair right now. Um, it was a very ti- a small, like a boudoir type chair, but it was wooden and uh, it was smaller. And this is something that my daughter definitely wants in her home as soon as I'm ready to part with it. Doesn't that make you feel so good because you pass it down and it means so much. And then who knows, she'll pass it down someday. It's true. Now I get, we're getting close to the end, but I've just got to tell you one thing talking about my daughter. My mom did live with us for uh, close to 20 years. As you know, I took care of her when she was ill and there were times that my daughter would get a little bit jealous when she was younger because I had to take time with Graham and not with with her. At first, she had to wait. So over the years, there was this love-hate with Graham. Well, Graham's been gone for uh, three or four years now. And there was a tattoo that my daughter wanted to get rid of. She did impulsively as a kid. And uh, she spent a lot of money getting rid of it. And I said, well, there you go. No more tattoos for you, right? She said, no, I want to get a V. And I said, a V? Right on the inside of her wrist, she said she wanted a little V. And I said, V for what? I'm thinking, victory? You know, I mean, my my mother's name was Virginia. And the, the way my mom would, her cursive, would make the little V impressed my daughter so much that she wants a little tiny tattoo on the inside of her wrist with the letter V so that she could keep Graham with her all the time. That so, is great. That is so great. And that says it all for this show. That says I, it all how important grandparents are. It totally blew me away and it choked me up. We were driving to a baby shower at the time and I said, oh my God, you know, all of the, it, it's so important to be a part of that child's life, one in whatever capacity it is. And we're so glad, Blythe, that you're a part of our life because you have brought so many interesting and informative and precious thoughts and moments to us all. So thank you so much. Thank you, Robin. It's such a pleasure to be on your show and you need to be on my show. I'd love to. We've, I haven't been on your show for a while. I've been on in a long time. It's time. (laughs) You, Sandra, you know what? We all love doing our shows and it's so great to just have these wonderful discussions that help everybody. I think that it does. So Blythe Lippman, thank you so much. And I want everybody to visit mybestparentingadvice.com. Lots of things that Blythe has for you, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, um, or both. (laughs) You could be. And a mom and dad. And a mom and a dad.
thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.